0: week brother sullivan's going to be here he's he's a singer and a preacher anointed both uh, in both talents both skills and and uh, you don't want to miss that you need to bring somebody with you next sunday both services and he'll be ministering next wednesday not this wednesday wednesday after so this is the last wednesday for term one of our connect groups Uh, you should have your breakup parties this week and the following wednesday we have brother sullivan again ministry judges chapter six and verse number 11 if you have your bibles i trust you do always good to have a paper Bible I like that or your, if you have your tablets that's good if you have your phones you can look at that if you don't have any of those you can look at the screen and uh, we'll have the scriptures up there if you wouldn't mind standing in honor of God's word as we read from Judges 6 to 16. verse 11 now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree I'm reading from the New King James which was an Oprah which belonged to Joash the Abysrite While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Amen. I want to talk to you on this thought, when God calls. When God calls. talked a little bit last week or two weeks ago on this, on the, the title, He Knows My Name. The shepherd calls his sheep. By their name, he's calling us, folks. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. That You have already started a work in us. You've already started to minister and bless us. Today, once again, we're opening our hearts to you, that your word would be spoken into our lives and that you would minister to us, that you'd reveal yourself to us, God. Help us, Lord God, to be changed. Lord, as we heard in the earlier service, you are a change agent. Lord God, you are able to transform us. And so, Lord, we're ready today as you anoint your people, anoint your servant to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. this period uh, of the book of judges uh, many have described it to be the like the dark ages of the bible where there was a pattern of the children of israel sliding back into sin and idolatry beginning with the death of joshua after that they had entered into the promised land joshua the prophet died and and, and the children of israel begin this cycle if you will of Uh, sliding back into sin and uh, in the book of judges israel goes into this complete moral failure where they don't look any different from the nations around them in the land of canaan that god had called them to expel for many people that that is a, a difficult prospect to try to comprehend because uh, why, why is God so cruel that he would push the Canaanites out? But the Canaanites, you have to understand, were a very evil people. They would throw their children into the fire to sacrifice them to their god, Molech. And, and there was no reform. There was, they were evil. They had completely deteriorated in their moral standing. That God called them to expel and punish them. Just as we would in this day and age, if somebody did something so devious and evil and killing their own children, we would expect the law to punish them. This is, in fact, what God had called the children of Israel to do, but they didn't do it. In fact, they failed. They failed miserably. They became just as evil, and they were as sinful as the Canaanites themselves. And so, this is this pattern throughout the whole of the book of Judges where the children of Israel sin, and then God brings a persecution. He brings trouble by way of other nations around them to come and punish them and invade them. And as a result, the children of Israel would cry out to God. And God, in His mercy, always responds. And he brings a deliverer, and this deliverer or leader is called a judge. And through that judge, God would set them free, and they would experience victory and and liberation from their, their captors, their persecutors. And they would experience prosperity. But after a while again, after prosperity, then they would again revert back to sin, they would build up idols again and then sin would enter back and this whole cycle goes on and on again god would bring a deliverer they would be set free they would go back on and on and on the same vicious vicious cycle and it's interesting for us to understand that that when uh, the children of Israel sinned, that God brought persecution along their way he brought persecution not because he wanted to be mean to them not because he was an unloving God But I submit to you the opposite. It's because he is a loving God. He brought the enemy to come and punish them because for the children of Israel to remain in their sin would be worse for them than for persecution to come with the view of them turning back to God. Oh, we can take some examples from the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Amen. That sometimes God will allow persecution to happen. Sometimes God will allow hardship and pain to come knocking on our doors and to affect us. Possibly because at times there may be sin in our lives. And God who is so loving, instead of allowing sin to remain in our lives, he would rather allow pain to take place so that we, like the children of Israel, will begin to examine ourselves and begin to say God why is this happening to me why am I going through problems and God will say well I'm glad you asked it's because there's some unconfessed sin that you've got to deal with it's because what you're doing in your life is against my word and that's why I've allowed hardship to take place so that you can turn back to me and be restored in a loving relationship with me amen Can I tell you that that's the pattern in the Bible? And so you ought to take encouragement from that, that if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through pain and trouble if if you're going through the valley of life where there is hardship and and trials as they say and tribulation could it be that God is trying to show you something God is trying to reveal something to you about your life why not because he hates you but rather it's because he loves you and he doesn't want you to be destroyed he doesn't want your life to be utterly consumed and destroyed by sin and so he He'll bring pain because, as C.S. Lewis said, pain is God's megaphone to rouse a sleeping world. God will bring pain in your life to awaken us to the reality that there's something in our lives. Come on, somebody, I've come here to tell you, God brought me here to let you know that whatever pain you're going through, God is trying to reveal something to you. He's trying to show himself and reveal to you that there's a sin in your life. There's something that's stopping God from working in you that will destroy you. Come on, somebody, it's time to let it go. It's time to give it up. It's time to turn your back on the world. Don't wait until you're in a hospital bed. Don't wait until you've almost lost your mind. When you were racked up with drugs and alcohol and your life is in the gutter, you're here today because God loves you and he's got a plan to bring you out of this world. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is the same pattern over and over, the same cycle that you see with the children of Israel. And whenever there's pain, it's a reminder to you that, oh God, he doesn't love me. We think that sometimes. Oh, he's forgotten about me because I'm going through this and and somehow I don't have his blessing and I'm not experiencing prosperity. Can I tell you, if you're going through pain right now, that could be a gift from God. It's God speaking to you. It's God revealing and bringing you. Say, come on, I've got something better. It's time for you to walk with me. It's time for you to forsake your sin and leave that in the world. Walk out of the that world of sin and come back to the Father. Come back and say, God, I need you. God, I need your help. Hallelujah. And so we hear this. We come to Judges chapter 6. This is where we are in our story in this particular juncture. The children of Israel have been invaded, have been marauded by this, this nation called the Midianites. The Midianites were a brutal band of Bedouins and they numbered in the hundreds of thousands. And they would come into Israel and they would devour all of their crops and they would destroy it. They were not even vegetarians, they were Bedouins. They were nomads, but they would destroy the crops and they would eat the livestock that belonged to the children of Israel. You read the you read the story and the Bible says the children of Israel were forced to run into caves. They had to live in caves. They had to live and go into the mountains for refuge and build a stronghold so that they could be safe from the Midianites. And, and life was so tough for them. And again, this resembles the story of the book of Exodus. Life was so difficult that here, finally at last, the children of Israel began to cry out to God. There it is again, that same pattern, the same cycle. Because they had built up temples they had built up groves and statues to the to the God Baal they had resorted back to idolatry to copy the nations that were around them and when they began to cry out to God God heard them and answered their prayers Amen. by calling a man a young man by the name of Gideon and here God begins the process of deliverance once again for the children of Israel to be freed from their their captors, their colonizers, the Midianites. And in, in chapter 6 of verse number 11, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was at Oprah. And, and there was this man, young man, by the name of Gideon, who threshed wheat in the winepress. He was doing it secretly because he was afraid. And the angel of the Lord says this remarkable thing to him He said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, if you read on the story, Gideon is probably the last person that you would consider to be a mighty man of valor. He was threshing wheat in the wine press in secret. And, and if you read on the story, he, he tells us, he, as he's reser, re, re, responding to this angel, he tells the angel, he said, I am the least uh, in my family. We are the smallest clan in, in, the, in the tribe of Manasseh. He, he had no pedigree he was fearful, he was reluctant. In fact, again, the, there's a whole three chapters is dedicated to this man's story, that, that he brings out a fleece before God because he was not really sure whether he could trust God. He says, well, if you're really with me, uh, you know, he puts a fleece out. You know, that's what some Christians do sometimes. We put a fleece out He said, he put out a, a, a woolen fleece on the ground and he says to the Lord, well, if it's really you, God, then, then you will cause the, the fleece to have dew on it in the next day. And the ground around it will be dry. Now, sure enough, he wakes up the next day and he says the fleece is wet. He wrings it out. It's full of water. And the ground around it is dry. Amen. Amen. Well, well, he still wasn't convinced. He's a bit like you and I. <laughs> he, he still has some questions. He has still has some hesitancy. And so he says, okay, well, you know, that's good, God. But, uh, you know, maybe somebody came overnight and just poured some water over it, over the fleece and, and so here, here I, I need to do one more thing. Please don't be impatient with me, God. You know, he's very respectful. I'm going to put out another fleece. This time, I want the fleece to be dry and the rest of the ground to be filled with dew. You know, because that's a little harder to do. If you could, you know, it's easy to put water on a fleece, but uh, you're going to have to water the whole land with dew. And sure enough, the next day he wakes up and the fleece was dry and all around the ground was covered with dew. And so he was convinced. But, but I said all that to say that this young man was not totally convinced. He was filled with fear. He was filled with reluctance. He wasn't really sure, but here is the angel of the Lord. He calls out to him. He says to him, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Amen. And, and, of course, Gideon asked the question, well, Lord, if you're with us, why are these bad things happening to us? Why are we under the punishment of the Midianites? If you are, in fact, with us, why are these bad things happening to us? Amen. Is, is this a question that you've ever asked yourself? Have any of you have ever uh, questioned and asked God, if you're really with us, then why is bad things happening? And and why are all these situations that is that is not pleasurable that is not favorable why is this happening to us and of course it's a very natural question to ask but it did not change the fact that even though they were suffering under the the colonization of the midianites yet god was still with them praise the name of the lord can i tell you god is with you always amen god is with his people God is with his church when when something good, something bad is happening, God is with us. When something good is happening, God is still with us. Amen. That's why you've got to learn to elevate your faith. You've got to learn to mature in your faith and walk with God that that you're not in this thing just for the good times. Come on somebody. You're not just walking with God because you want the blessings. You're not just with him because you want money in your pocket and you want good things to happen. Yes, it will, but but there's got to come a commitment from your heart to say, God, I'm with you through thick and thin. Come hell or high water, my commitment is not just so that I can have favor. It's not just so that I can have good stuff. I'm with you to the end. It doesn't matter who's with me, regardless of whether the world is on my side or not. I'm with you, God. I'm in this for the long haul. Oh, I wish I had a few more witnesses here today. You've got to make a decision in your life. Either he's God or he's not. Either he's worth giving your all to or he's somebody that you can turn your back upon. I've come to declare to you that this is the one true living God that regardless of whether you got money, regardless of whether you got a job, you got a house, you got a wife, he's still a God that you want to give your life to following Oh, praise the name of the Lord. He's with you through thick and thin, in the fire, in the flood, in the storm, in the earthquake, whatever you got to go through. I've come to declare that God is with you. Hallelujah. Oh, that takes a special kind of revelation and understanding when something begins to click in your brain to understand, oh, it doesn't matter, God, whatever you got to put me through, I'm not letting you go. I'm like that little kid that puts his arms around the legs of his mom or dad and said, I'm not letting go. I'm coming with you. I'm going to hang around like a bad smell. I'm going to be with you till the end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Life doesn't always have to be good for God to be good. It doesn't always have to go our way for God to still be the way maker. Amen. I'm talking about maturity now. You're not, you don't you don't you don't divorce just cuz there's a little trouble in your life in your marriage. You don't kick your children out, and put them out for foster care or somebody please take this child you, because just cuz you know they mess up. Hey, Amen. You you got to be with God till the end. Come on. Some of you, you may not have, we may not have a lot of talent or ability. We may not have riches, but I do have one thing. I've got the ability to stick around. Uh, That's all I've got. I may not have any talent. I may not have any any skill that people can talk about. I may not be very good looking, but oh, I've got a God who promises he will not leave me nor forsake me. And guess what? I'm going to do the same. I'm going to make a commitment to the very end whatever it takes I'm gonna be in this hallelujah okay let me get in my sermon I'm, that's my introduction but but what's interesting is that God calls him something that he is currently not he's not a mighty man of valor at this stage from 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 my observation he's filled with fear he doesn't quite know to trust he 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 has an inferiority complex he says i'm i'm the least in my whole family surely you can get somebody else but but don't you notice this about god in the bible that he always chooses those that are unlikely he always picks those who who have no pedigree who who don't have all of it together he always chooses the one who are fearful and 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 hiding in the shadows Amen. He, he could have picked you know, the, the eldest brother in, in, his, in his family. He could have picked the biggest tribe. Oh, they're from, from the tribe of Judah. They're from the tribe of Reuben. They're the biggest tribe. He could have selected everyone else, but, but he chose somebody not based upon how he saw himself, but God called him and began to speak words to him based on how God sees him, not how he sees himself. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you, when God calls you, it's not on what, what you see yourself right now, but what he calls us when he sees us. He sees what we can be in him. He sees the potential that we possess in God. When he sees you, when you when you see yourself, yeah, we just look same old us. I'm a little shy. I'm a little awkward socially, and, and I don't have skill, and I'm not confident. I can never get up in front of my committee at work and speak, and I, you know when we see ourselves we see all of the deficiencies and the inferiority and all of the what we can't do but I've come to tell you when God calls you he sees you for what he sees of you he sees what he can do through your life he doesn't see your limitation he doesn't call you by your your fears by your shyness your intimidation but he calls you by what he can do through your life Oh, hallelujah. Because he certainly didn't look like a mighty man of valor at that stage. He looked like a fearful young man who was afraid for his life and and really wasn't sure whether he could trust God fully or not. But he called him. He said, no, you're a mighty man of valor. Amen. When he sees you. He doesn't see you for where you are. Remember, the Bible says God sees the end from the beginning. He, he is in time, but he's also outside of time. He's there when you were born, and he's here right now, and he'll be there in your Tomorrow. And so he sees what you can become in your tomorrow. It doesn't negate personal responsibility. And I know I'm kind of treading into predestination a little bit here. But I want you to understand that he sees your possibilities. He sees the potential. And again, I'm not just talking about, you know, calling and gifting and ministry. And all those things come from God. But he sees you that you can make it living for God. Come on, despite the background that you've come from, despite the background of functions and and broken homes and drugs and abuse amen those things don't have to define you they don't have to define the kind of person that you will be we look at ourselves by what we see yesterday that brought us to where we are today but I've come to tell you that God sees you not by your mistakes but by what you can do by what he can accomplish through your life you are a mighty man valor, You are a mighty woman of God. And you need to start seeing yourself. What he had to do was respond to the call and the prophecy of God. God gave the prophecy. It's up to him to follow through and fulfill that prophecy. Hallelujah. It's as if God was prophesying. He doesn't need to prophesy because, remember we heard last week, whatever comes forth out of God's mouth just is. It's done. He said, let there be there was. We're the ones that have to prophesy. But, but when God spoke through the angel, it was like a prophetic message. It says that you are a mighty man of valor, but that was present tense. But it was up to Gideon whether he was going to live up to that prophecy or not. It's up to this young man whether he... He has the ability and the capacity to fulfill this prophecy. And that's what I came here to tell you is that God has a word and a prophetic prophecy, a prophetic word for each and every one of us. But it's up to us whether we're going to live up to that or not amen we, we we're still so hung up like like Gideon we're just looking at the negative we're just focusing on what we can't do and we're we're focusing on that how our pedigree our family we didn't come from privilege we didn't come from money we didn't come from wealth and, and I don't have the ability we so much focus on that when God's already spoken he says you are successful you are a mighty a man of valor you are able you are powerful And that's why we've got to get the word of God in here. Because whenever that old memory comes creeping back and reminding you that you're no good, that you'll never make it, you'll never. Listen, yeah you've got to have a vision. And I've come to prophesy to somebody that you are a victorious child of God. Come on, you you need to get that in your spirit that you can live for God. You don't have to live a turnstile salvation in and out, in and out of the kingdom of God. You've got to get it in your spirit, in your mind. As far as God is concerned, you can walk successfully for God. You can be a pillar in the house of God. You you are a saint. You are a daughter and a son. Oh, I've got to hurry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says not many noble. Thank you. I'll do that now. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 For you see your calling, brothers. How there not many wise men after the flesh, or you know, on the outside or the carnal way, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He didn't pick the strong. He didn't pick the the noble. He didn't pick the the people that are up on pedestals in society. And we think, wow, they're the ones. Wow, the ones that are on the cover of magazines, you know, the ones that are going to Oscars and slapping people in the face. (laughs) Oh, I had to. I I had to. It it was just this week. (laughs) I'm telling you, every church has talked about it on this Sunday but he says he's chosen the foolish things he's chosen the weak things of the world amen the reason why many of us are in uh, came to God are in the house of God is because at some point we were so weak we were so down and in despair that we it says it's not until you are flat on your back that you look up to heaven amen that's why God brings people to be flat on their backs And it doesn't stop just at conversion because sometimes as Christians we can we can begin to walk with such proud with such pride and arrogance thinking look how good I am now look where I've come from look how awesome I am that sometimes God's got to put us flat on our back for us to recognize again that it's not me it's not by my own strength but it's by the grace of God oh hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, God can perform miracles. He can do wonders in your life. But if there's self-righteousness, if there's an arrogance, if there's still some self-love, I'm telling you, he won't be able to do anything. But if you humble yourself in his hand, God will lift you up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 28, in the base things of the world, things which are despised, has God chosen. Aren't you thankful He chose the despised? That's why everybody's welcome here. I don't I don't care how, how dark your past is, it doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you have made in the past. Amen. This place is for you. Now you got to behave in this house. You don't take those old habits in here and treat mistreat other folk. You got to treat each other with love and respect. And we, we, we won't tolerate any kind of abuse in this house. But listen to me. This house is open for everybody, regardless of your background, despite the amount of times you failed. Amen. I don't even want to know what it is but let me tell you something happens something powerful happens when you repent of your sins when you simply change your mind and say God I want to follow you and you step into the waters of baptism you are buried with Jesus Christ in baptism like we saw last week when you come up out of the water oh you are a new creature you are brand new something changes there's a transaction that takes place oh you're a new creature you become a whole new creation and God manifests His power in your life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm excited about that. I remember 30 years ago, this month, I got the Holy Ghost as a 19 year old. 30 years ago, in April 1992, God filled me with the Holy Ghost in Belmore, and I've never been the same again. Hallelujah. And so when God calls you, he calls you according. Can you all see me? Am I in the dark? (laughs) We just got some new lighting, so I'm really conscious of where the light is. When God calls you, he doesn't call you by your past. He calls you by what you're capable of. He says, you, Gideon, are a mighty man of valor. Valor means courage. It's the opposite of what he was he was cowardly he was fearful and I don't blame him I, I can relate to this man but what God spoke to him it was up to Gideon to fulfill that prophecy and I want you to know what God has called you to is to be living for God successfully that you were living for him and this is why you've got to get his promise prophecies in your heart in your mind here's what you've got to live up to here's what he calls you In John 1 and 12 he says that you are a child of God in John 15 and 15 you are the friend of Jesus in Romans 8 and 15 you have been adopted as a son and a daughter amen in in Galatians 4 and 6 you are an heir with Christ a joint heir with Christ You have a heritage, folks. You are an inheritor along with Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Amen. You may not be able to go to Buckingham Palace or the White House or Parliament House or wherever it is, the Kirribilli House. Amen. But listen to me. What according to God's word, he calls you a son and a daughter, and you are an heir, a fellow heir with Christ, sharing in his inheritance with him. It says you have peace with God. You are loved by Jesus and freed from sins by his blood. You have been forgiven of all your sin. You have been washed. You have been sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus Christ. You are his child. You are a fellow citizen that sits in heavenly places with God. You're not just sitting here. You're sitting in a heavenly place, Paul said. You are one of God's living stones. You are built up a spiritual house in Christ. You have been bought with a price and you belong to God. He says in 2 Corinthians 1 that you are established, anointed, and sealed by God. This is what he calls you now. When he calls you, when God calls you, he said you've been delivered from the domain of darkness. You have God's divine power dwelling inside of you to live a godly life. He said that you can resist the devil and he will flee. He said you have victory through Jesus Christ. He said you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. He said you have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of your testimony his word says you have been purchased with an imperishable and precious blood of Jesus he said that you are a child of light and not of the darkness he said you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession you've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit you have received the promises of God you are his workmanship to create to good works you are a partaker of God's divine nature he said that you are an expression of the life of Jesus he said you are a partaker of the holy calling and the heavenly calling he said you are a branch of the true vine you are a channel cannot talk to somebody you have been prophesied when God calls you you are victorious that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you oh hallelujah that's what he calls you when he calls you he sees that of you That's why the Bible says if any man when you have been baptized you have put on Christ like you put on a garment So, when I put on this garment, you can't see my abs. In fact, nobody can, because I don't have any. But when you put on Christ, none of the things that you did in the past can be seen. When God looks at you, he sees Christ. When he says you were a mighty man of valor, it wasn't that, that he was like that automatically. But God speaks prophetically to what, see, what he sees you're capable of doing. And so this is an amazing story in the book of Judges where he, Gideon responds after some testing from him to see whether he can trust God. And God answers Gideon. And you know the, the story, he calls him out and, he musters a force of 32,000 people. And somehow he manages to get 32,000 soldiers to come and fight the Midianites. But by this time, the Midianites had, had, had combined with the Amalekites and some other nation around, a smaller nation, and they had a force of over 130,000 soldiers, which was massive for back then. And here's Gideon, he manages to to enlist 32,000 soldiers but what is 32,000 compared to some estimate 135,000 it's not a fair fight and so uh, you know with courage he said okay well God said it so we, we got 32,000 you know maybe we can do that whole 300 thing and have a, a narrow pass and and just fight them in that narrow pass where they their their numbers are are neutralized but here's what God says. Uh, listen, um, uh, Gideon, I'm glad you got a whole bunch of folks, but there's too many of them. Too many soldiers. 32,000. I want you to go tell them, any of you that are fearful, that are afraid, a little homesick, uh, you can go home. And sure enough, 22,000 people packed up and said, adios, amigo. <laughs> Been nice knowing you. See you later, alligator. Arrivederci, whatever. He's left down at 10,000 people and said, okay, all right, I know God must be up to something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just going to attack them in their sleep or something like that. And God says, you know what, Gideon, there's still a little too many. He goes, he goes, because this is what God said. Lest they think that it was them that brought the victory. And, And they start to vaunt themselves. Oh, look how good we are. We just, we just spanked the, uh. The Midianites and the Amalekites, look how awesome we are. And again, God's concerned. Not because he, he's some, some jealous God who just you know, who doesn't want anybody else to get the glory. No, it's because he knows that pride will kill you. Pride comes before destruction. So he said, I, I think there's still too many because they're going to still think that when I give them this victory, that they're the ones that are going to be responsible for the victory. Even 10,000 versus 130, still too many. Don't don't you love how God does those things sometimes? (laughs) Isn't it amazing? Sometimes you will be left to a position where you are absolutely destitute. of of help of i don't know how i'm going to get through this i don't have the answers i don't have the money i don't have the resources for me to get through this situation but you know what that's exactly what god will lead you so that he can show himself so it's not your good calculating skills that got you through that it's not because you know you're so charismatic at work that they gave you the promotion but god would allow you to be rock bottom so that when he comes through for you so that when he brings that deliverance you know in your heart of hearts that was not me that had to be God it wasn't the doctors it wasn't the medication but it was God without unequivocally without debate there's only one way that that happened it was God Almighty come on is there anybody in here that has a testimony that you know your back was against the wall there was no answer there was no way you could get through it had to be god that's exactly what god wants to do he wants to bring you where only he can set you free and he can deliver you oh hallelujah i love the story of gideon because it, it reminds us of our human fallibility our human frailty because when you're, you know, when we're in our 20s, we think we can live forever, right? Hey Amen. I don't need to stretch. I'll go run a kilometer. I'll go run five kilometers. I don't need to stretch. And I'll pr- play touch footy all day. And, and we think, man, you know, li- life is good. And then you hit your 30s. And 30s is one of the, 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 the busiest decades. You know, that's when people kind of settle down. You get married and have children by then. And, and you're kind of trying to find your way through work and do, get, get a little bit more money for the kids. Then you hit your 40s. Life begins at 40. <laughs> this is the last year I can say I'm 40, none of your business years old. I'm 49. Thank you. I don't look it. I know. But... <laughs> and then, then, then that way, when, once you hit your 40s, you've got to stretch for longer than when you actually play touch footy. The boys are already on the field playing the ball. I'm like, I'll, I'll be there in about 15 minutes, guys. Uh. We get older, and you just see how, how frail and how, how fallible and how weak we are. We are all susceptible and vulnerable. You, you don't know what can happen tomorrow. And I'm not saying it to scare anybody or guilt anybody into coming to God, but I'm telling you the truth. The Bible says life is a vapor a vapor is something that is so not only is it so short but but you try to you try to grab a hold of a vapor you can't it's 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 not solid life he says that's what the word of god tells us It's there one moment and gone the next folks we don't we don't have time to mess around we got a great big world to reach we got to be ready for heaven going amen and, and so he said okay we'll go get in go in the, there's too many, 10,000, still too many. So everybody that drinks, uh, so, so he tells them, whoever drinks with, with their, on their knees and drinks from the water, you know, like you drink straight like that on the water, uh, you can tell them to go home. Those that kind of get on their, you know, and just cups the water and then kind of laps it like a dog. I mean, again, I don't know who drinks like that. He said, they're the ones that are going to stay. Only 300 out of the 10,000. 300 was the original story, bro. This this 300. Not the 300 in Sparta. Well, maybe that happened too, but only 300 left. The rest, 9,700, all dragged down with their knees, and they had to go home. This is an incredible story. 135,000 people, soldiers against 300. They, they didn't have bazookas. Oh, I don't know. They're called bazookas anymore. <laughs> That's from the 80s. <laughs> Rocket RPGs were in rocket propelled grenade whatever they didn't have any of that 300 against 135,000 soldiers and god says to to, to uh, gideon gideon's again a little reluctant he says i want you to go near the camp they go to near the camp and he hears a couple of soldiers speaking he said man i had a dream I had a dream that this barley cake or a loaf of barley came rolling into the camp and the other guy that was listening to the dream he said you know what that is that's none other than the sword of the lord the sword of gideon they're gonna come defeat us And so God begins to do a work in in the enemy's camp. He's putting dreams and whispers into the ears of the enemy about something that will be be the design for their destruction. Amen. You you don't know what the enemy is speaking sometimes. But listen to me. When, When you can't see God in your life, God is sometimes behind enemy lines, defeating your enemy, fighting the battles. Come on, we don't even know what's happening in the cosmos. We don't even know what's happening in the spiritual realm that God is doing is fighting something in your behalf. He's doing something behind the scenes. When you can't see anything right now, you can trust God that he's working it out down the road. He's bringing your victory. He's orchestrating the demise of your enemy. Hallelujah. When you don't see anything happening right now in your life, it's because God is busy fighting on your behalf, uh, working in the, behind the enemy lines. Hallelujah. And, and so here it is. I'm coming to a close. Musicians, if you'd like to come. And so, so here's Gideon with 300 soldiers. God tells them to bring your torch, put it, put it in, in a clay jar, and bring your trumpets okay that's that's like uh, trying to trying to bring in a knife to a, to a gunfight bring trumpets and, and pitchers it's like uh, trying to storm hell with a with a pistol with a water pistol you know it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous but that's exactly what god does amen that that when we have no means in ourselves and so the 300 somehow form into three three divisions around the camp and in the middle of the night when God gave them the signal they broke those uh, jars those clay pitchers it broke and they blew the trumpet and so in one moment there was a light that flashed and there was a sound that was so loud that when the enemy were startled out of their sleep they began to kill each other out of panic and the soldiers of Gideon and did not even have to lift a finger but they started to kill themselves and run for their lives and they were destroyed that day because just because of simple obedience and courage enough that's what you need in order for you to fulfill the prophecy that God has for you the calling is you need to have some courage that doesn't mean you don't have fear no fear is not the courage is not the absence of fear but courage is being able to stand and make up your mind in the face of fear in the midst of the fear that surrounds us saying yes I believe yes Lord I'm holding on Hallelujah. Glory to God. God brought the victory. Just with the sound of the trumpet. Amen. And with light shine. Hey, that, that's, our, that's our theme. I'm connecting that back to our theme: a city on a hill. When they broke those, those those clay pitchers, light all of a sudden, shine throughout all surrounding that camp. Listen to me. What you've got to do is let your light shine before all men. You've got to break the vessel. You've got to have a broken heart humble yourself before god break yourself upon the rock lest the rock fall upon you oh hallelujah and when you are broken the light will just shine forth out of your life and the glory of god will be manifested hallelujah i've just come to help you today to tell you that when god calls you he doesn't call you by your past by your failures your mistakes but he calls you by what he sees in you by what he can do through your life oh hallelujah i feel like some people are here today that you've been struggling for some time and you you love god you you believe in god but yet you always question whether god has really anything for you you wonder why sometimes uh Maybe it's just that I'm weak, that's why I'm here. I need to follow everybody else out there. No, you don't need to be following others out there. You need to be the leader. It's time to recognize who God calls you to be. Not to be the tail, but to be the head. Not to be beneath, but to be above. He calls you to be above, to be the head. Come on, somebody. God wants to set you free. You need to bring your picture here, break your heart upon the altar let the trumpet sound declare it from your heart and i promise you the light of god is going to shine forth in your life he wants to set you free some of you have held on for so long you're so tightly wound you are so tightly wound up that anything can set you off it's time to release that today god told me to tell somebody god it's time for you to release that whatever you're holding on to that's going to drive you to the ground and away from God. He's called you for so much more. He said, you are a mighty man of valor. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I, I don't know if I have the courage. Listen, he was afraid, but he simply obeyed. He said, okay, I'm the smallest. We're the most insignificant in the tribe, but I'm going to follow you. And when you do, you will see miracles would you stand to your feet hallelujah oh thank you lord would you lift your hands right now i feel god is working in somebody's life the spirit of god is trying to break through in your heart it's time to let go and break your your heart before this altar today say god here it is take it all i'm submitting my will to your will in the name of Jesus, Father, as we come before You today, Lord Jesus, we're asking You, Lord, to touch us, to change us. Lord God, help us to see, Lord God, that we've been trying to define our own identity by by who we are in the past, by things of our failings and our inadequacies and our shortcomings. Lord God, but Lord, help us to respond to the prophecy that You've given, that we are well able, Lord, that we are more than conquerors. That we can do all things through Christ, Lord God. That we are victorious, that we will be victorious once and for all. Lord God, help us to live up to that prophecy. Help us to fulfill your calling upon us. That when you call us, you call us by what we can do in you. You call us by how you see us, not how we see ourselves. And Lord God, we want to respond to that today. Oh hallelujah! As we open our hearts to you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to invite you to this altar if you'd like to come and bring your your heart before God and say, Lord, I believe if you want to receive something from God, if you want to repent of your sin, today is the day of salvation. You've been brought here for a purpose and not just to sin, but to to say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm submitting myself to you. I'm following your word. I'm going to repent of my sin. And if you want to receive the wonderful gift of God's Holy Spirit, Oh, he can fill you. He can give you this wonderful gift. He can fill you with his Holy Spirit. And when he fills your heart, when he fills your spirit, with your, in your, out of your belly, the Bible says you fill rivers of living water. If you need a touch from the Lord, God can touch you today. This altar is open. If you need this gift, if you want to repent and give your life to the Lord, or if you need to be baptized in his name, in order to wash away your sins. That's what the apostles preached. That's what Peter preached. To repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This altar is open. Why don't you come? Find a little place here at this altar to pray. This is our time of prayer now. Talk to him wherever you are.